Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and back by popular demand. And by popular, I mean John Coleman wanted him back for another episode. All the way from New American Funding, it is our friend, Kyle Johnson. Kyle, thank you for sticking around and recording episode duh. Thanks for not kicking me out of the office. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I know you're... Uh, Hot and heavy trying to get to Disney Springs. Are you guys going to do some STK for dinner tonight? I don't know. I The plans are being made behind my back. I don't know what's going on. I just show up where the wife tells me to show up. Yeah, for anyone who missed Kyle's um, first episode that dropped a, a few episodes back, Kyle lives in Michigan. Yep. By way, I'm going to get this right this time, <laughs> of South Korea by way of Indiana. There we go. Indiana, can you name one thing wrong about Indiana, it's too vanilla. I don't it doesn't think take you a can. stance on anything. Yeah. I don't think you can. I just figured this out. Indiana is like the Switzerland of the United <laughs> States. They don't do anything wrong. They don't do anything bad. I can't. I can't imagine one person I've ever met from Indiana. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I can say that about people from Ohio. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I can too. Yeah. Even. Yep. Even Michigan. Uh, There's some good part. Lots of good comes out of Michigan. Kid Rock. Eminem, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Miguel Cabrera, Matthew Stafford. Well, no, he's in L.A. now. But, you know, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, there you go. Yeah, although, yeah, I think he's from Oklahoma. But nonetheless, you know where I'm going. <laughs> so his intro is Kyle Johnson with New American Funding. There you go. By way of Michigan, which is where you live now. By way of South Korea, which is where you once lived. Correct. By way of Indiana. Which is where I unfortunately grew up. I mean, fortunately Which is grew where up. you, for, well, we don't know, because it's kind of like, well, I'm just Indiana. <laughs> yes. There where, you go. Where, where I grew up. Where you grew up. There you go. Um, if anyone tuned in, like, really intently, I actually said Ohio before. And then off camera, Kyle's like, hey, by the way, it was Indiana. I'm like, shit, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. You should have called me. I was like, I thought about calling you out, but he didn't. So he's there too nice. No, because you're sticking around today. Yeah. And we're going to do like a bonus episode. Just crank it out for 25 minutes. Because I didn't, I mean, our episode went like 42 minutes. Didn't even realize it. Felt like it was 15. Yeah. I, literally, I thought 25. There you go. I thought, hey, let's go ahead and stretch this thing out. Let's make sure we hit 25. And then JC's like, nope, that was 42. Great episode, by the way, guys. Great episode. <laughs> by the way, he always says that. Yeah. You lied to me? No, I think he genuinely thinks every episode's great. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha yeah. Gotcha. There's like a couple. We did this one like hour long one with some attorney. It, and he kind of pulled me aside and said, hey. Um, so he doesn't always, always is a strong word, but 250-some episodes, or I don't even know what we're at. Do you know what we're at, JC? This is, like this is somewhere like 235-ish episodes into it. Um, yes, JC does think most of them are really good. So today's episode, yes, because we didn't go down this rabbit hole, right? because I figured it would take too much time. I want to interview, what is it like to be a call center loan officer? Good question. You got your start working for the largest mortgage lender in America mm -hmm. that is based out of Detroit, Michigan. Yep. Is it Detroit? It is Detroit. Out of Detroit, Michigan. They are always hiring. Always hiring. They are always advertising. Always advertising. <laughs> uh, they were once quick. Now they just blast off. <laughs> you got good. that, that one, good. huh? That was good. Um, but no, we, we've, I haven't had an opportunity to sit down with many people who have had successful careers as call center loan officers. Yeah. So I'm curious because the audience is curious. What's it like? What's the good, the bad, the ugly? Why would someone want to make a career out of being a call center LO? Mm -hmm. What is that um, developmental aspect? Is it you jump right in? Mm -hmm. 
or is there a is there a ramp up period and what are the hours like what type of compensation should you be anticipating mm-hmm. and is it something that some people are able to do for 10 20 even 30 years absolutely all great questions and i think what it comes down to is i'm i'm actually in a lot of different facebook groups to try to share my knowledge and when people post questions i see a lot of self-serving answers that come out and i try to like be like hey the voice of reason. The voice of reason, and a lot of these, and I, and and anytime somebody asks that question, I always tell them only you can answer that. Okay. It's like, what do you want to get out of your first experience? Do you want a mentor who's going to be able to be there and hold your hand and really guide you on your first five, ten, however many deals you have in a year, and be that like one-on-one source of information, or do you want the opportunity to have a hundred at bats a month? And continue to just get your own practice and your own reps and all of that in, and because they're they're going to provide you with two different experiences. Fortunately for me, like or, depending on who the employer is. Yes. Okay, so some employers less at bats, but more hand holding. Some employers less hand holding, but way more at bats. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately or fortunately for me, the decision was made for me by what was available, and I I started with that call center you know, experience. And, and that's where I cut my teeth was on dialing 200 times a day and outbound, outbound dialing 200 times a day leads that were sourced through the internet leads through sourced through TV ads leads that were purchased any through... and all. Okay. Any and all. It but, depends. But they supplied you with the leads. Correct. Did they put a headset on you and load it up into a, a system like a phone burner where you could click button and not get mortgage, but click button and make call? Uh, no click button. Phone just continually rings. For you? Yes. So on the screen, it would pop up. You're calling Mr. Torres. You're calling Mrs. Smith. You're... Wow. 200, 300 times a day in hopes of getting 20 to 30 people on the phone. Would you the... leave your own voicemail or did it auto drop a voicemail? I left a voicemail, a text, and a, 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 a email for every single one of them. Not did... a text, because unless they had the TCPA okay. acknowledged. Um, but an email, would the email go out automatically on your behalf or you would have to, I'm assuming you had like the same email template and it was more of like copy paste paste, or get it out. What I love anyone who uses outlook, here's a tip trick or hack. Uh, you can have individual email signatures. Signatures, Yeah. Yeah. So you just have your same seven or eight signatures and just pick the drop down for the right signature or quick parts. Another way to use it. Quick parts. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you, you use. You worked for how long as a call center LO? Um, across both companies that I've worked in a call center, uh, about two years. Okay. How many loans do you think you closed in your first year? Oh, my God. In my first year, how many loans did I close? I was doing 25, 30 a month. Closing 25 to 30 a month. Yeah. Well, I would say about 85 to 90% of the loans that I got into the pipeline as a refinance specialist at at the place was we're we're closing so okay maybe a little bit less 20 to 25 loans a month and if you ever know one another place <laughs> just linkedin kyle johnson my my resume's there it'll it'll be there so the phone is ringing for you but they weren't inbound calls they're outbound calls that's a harder sell it is where you're trying to convince someone that hey i can maybe save you money on a refinance it Would is you want to talk to me um the the only well it's not even saving grace um that was what I was doing as a, as a new development banker okay. when I was first learning the, the ropes. Um, but then once I graduated to being a senior loan officer there, um, I was on a specialty team that was a client retention team. Okay. So I was calling people who were already mad at us and in process with another lender and trying to recapture the business. 
Nice. That obviously means to me you must have stood out early on. I hope so. Yeah. What what type of training was provided to you? Um, a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot like of training. mandatory training. A lot of mandatory training before you're allowed to really do anything. Weeks, days, months. Um. Well, if we're gonna go way back to the beginning, there was an entire month of just safe preparation, just NMLS training. Okay. Um, and so then, did, did the company you start with, did you have to go get your NMLS tr uh, certification on your own or did they help you they, all they, the way through? All the way through. Okay. So you're able to show up, you have your college degree, you have your background in education, which that's, that's what you did. You're mm -hmm. an educator, a degree in musical theater. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you interviewed, they liked you, they saw talent and like, cool, we're going to onboard you. We know you're not licensed, but we will get you licensed. Correct. Okay. Well, that. That's a win for some people. It is. Like, like that, that's huge. a huge win for and some that's people. What I say to a lot of the people who are seeking guidance, I say, hey, this is like, you'll hear a lot of people who give you a flat out, never, never, never do A, B, or C. And it's not that simple of, a, of an equation because you have to look at the cost benefit analysis. Like, is it worth it for me to get all this training and get all these at bats early on compared to just not really be, being thrown to the wolves is probably a little bit too extreme, but, but trying to really do it from my own, from scratch. If I don't have a really solid sphere of influence, then yeah, it's definitely worth that. So, well, and I mean, the reason why these cliches are around mm -hmm. is because there's some truth behind them. Yeah. And the cliche of, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. It's how you, it's, it's where you finish or how you finish. Like, yes. Yeah, that's true. Like you're going to go on this journey. The journey is called your career as a mortgage professional. Mm -hmm. And early on, we don't know if you're going to be a badass LO, a processor, an underwriter, maybe one day a CEO, maybe you end up running capital markets. There you go. You don't know it. I don't know it. No one else knows it. But you have to start somewhere. Exactly. And you have to get exposure. You have to be in the room where it happens, <laughs> be invited to the table. And then obviously you have to try hard and you have to have ability and aptitude and drive. Mm -hmm. um, but you never know where... It, you know, where your career is going to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, the CEO of the company I represent, so I represent Waterstone Mortgage. When I'm not with John Coleman and we're not doing TLOP, I am representing Waterstone Mortgage as, as one of their regional vice presidents. Our CEO started as a call center LO. There you go. Now, he thought he got the fancy job when he moved to Manhattan and started working on Wall Street as like a bond analyst. But as a bond analyst, he saw what mortgage loan originators were making back in his home state of, of Minnesota. And he was like, screw this. I'm heading back. Yeah, I don't, I don't want the fancy title in, in, on Wall Street. I'm going to move back there, and I can make triple the money. Exactly. But he started as a call center LO. And where is he today? Well, he, he runs a top 100 independent mortgage maker. There you go. That's pretty awesome. For someone who started as a call center, I'm sure when he was 23 years old, that was not his not thought. on his radar. Yeah. His on on his radar was not running. And by the way, we don't do any call center direct to consumer. Right. So you don't talk like a full like full circle. Yeah, a, a full or circle, full line to go the opposite direction. Um, well, you mentioned them, and I'm gonna forget to ask. So I want to ask them now. Yeah. Can you shout out some of those Facebook groups? You said oh, that you're, you're an active participant. New loan officer group is one of them. Okay. I think that's the one that catches my attention the most often because it's, they're very active. Um, and a couple, lot of really great voices in there and then some other distracting voices. But um, that's the probably the biggest one that okay. I'm most active in. And a lot of people posting questions and then 
Yeah, not the best answer sometimes. Correct. It's funny. You and I are probably very similar. I bet we have Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm only active because my wife does a great job of tagging me, <laughs> and I'll ask her to tag me because I do like the memories when they pop up, and I definitely get on Facebook every day to check out what's going on. And right now, my new thing is I'm just like unfollowing so many people. I'm yeah. like, look, I don't want to not be your friend on Facebook. I just want to not quit. I want to quit seeing your stuff. Um, but the only Facebook groups that I really know of, there's a couple that I'm a part of locally in the uh-huh. Orlando market. And same thing, like, I feel like I have to mute them because it's more disinformation than ever is good information. Um, But Rocky, who is a friend of the show, he has his MLO MLO study buddy, Let's Pass the NMLS group. Loved the the episode with him. And I, so I I will promote that group. And I do try to hop in to both their their current group and their subgroup Mm -hmm. just to contribute, just as a contributor. And even in that, I see what people are, the advice are giving. I'm like, oh, no, don't say that. Or, oh, no, don't do that. But back on your advice, because yeah. I, I do, want, I wanted to do this whole episode on, on your, on your journey, and your story. You, you closed, you closed over a hundred loans your first twelve months in the mortgage business. Yeah, mostly refis. All refis. All refis. All refis. But were they full documentation? Like, were you having yeah. to, to document income, document assets, order appraisals? We're yeah, pretty aggressively too. Um, that first, that 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 early, that tenth. That, that 1003 phone call, I wasn't getting off the phone without documents in my email inbox. Were you trained that way? Yes. You, so you were trained? Yeah. You were like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get on the phone. And once I get someone on the phone who's interested, I need to get it closed. We're, you're either hanging up on me or I'm getting your documents back. Yeah. But that, I bet that's a great experience. Yeah. I bet, you, I bet you learned how to build rapport. You learned how to be yourself, but at the same time, be persistent yeah. with, with the end goal. I think one of the things, and this is advice I wish I'd come in my head, earlier when we recorded the previous one is that people a lot of times early in career are afraid to ask mm-hmm. because they think they're being uh, obtrusive or that they're being too annoying but like no they're asking you for four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars ask for their income documents yes. right it's not it's not too big of an ask and it, a lot of times people don't realize that the, the one of two things is going to happen they'll say no and you'll know how you need to address it further, or they'll say yes, and you just got a conversion in 30 minutes rather than two weeks. Correct. Something that I try to remind any loan officer that's willing to listen to me is, for the most part, I don't think you're looking for a new friend. You're not looking for a new girlfriend, a new spouse, a new parent. Right? You're looking for business. Yeah. You're trying to build a business relationship. You can do it and still be jovial and, and, and polite and professional, but you're not looking for someone to be your friend. You're looking for them to conduct business with you. Yeah. The same thing goes for the loan officers that are self-sourced and they're going out and they're meeting with realtors. I've had loan officers come into this business and crash. They crash, they burn, they're out. And like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, well, A, you didn't go on enough calls, period, end of story. Like if you're a self-sourced LO, I love this correlation with having you on the other side of, of, of the camera. Um, I'm telling loan officers today, it's 100 outbound calls a week if you want to make it. You would laugh because you made 300 outbound calls a day yeah. in order to just cut your teeth in the industry. Yeah. But I'm trying to get the self-source LOs to do 100 a week, and they're not. But then those that make some calls, because look, 30 is better than 15, no. which is better than zero. Yeah. And they go and they have the, the good enough meeting with the builder, the realtor, the CPA, the financial advisor. And I'm like, oh, how many leads did you get? Oh, I'm like, you didn't ask for a lead? You, you drove across town, you bought them a Starbucks, and you didn't ask for a lead? Uh, 
I'm like, what are you trying to do? Get them to date you? <laughs> like, there's you're there for business. And by the way, the worst thing they would have told you is no. No, it was a no before you asked. It was, yeah. Yeah, but you learned that, and it's funny. You got to learn it a different way. You didn't learn it calling on realtors to try to get them to refer you business. You you learned it trying to get a consumer who, who you already had on the hook. Yeah. You're trying to reel them in. You're like, hey, and it's like matter of the fact, I'm guessing. Hey, by the way, the next step is I, I need you to go ahead and send me your income uh, documents, your asset documents. I bet right now you can log in to your ADP exactly. and get your username, your password. Let me <laughs> let me walk you through what button to click. This is where you find your, your W-2. This is where you find your pay sub, right? That's probably what you walked them through. I looked it up the other day because I was just interested. I think it's something ridiculous, like one in seven people have their payroll done through ADP. <laughs> so, and so it, it's no longer like viable for someone to be like, no, I don't have access to that. I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah, or you all, especially where you were, a very tech forward a lot company, of company, you're probably trying to utilize as much D1C, Finicity, that work, work number. number yeah. 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 Finicity is a, a great way to document assets without having to actually get bank statements. Yeah. The work number is a great way to document income without having to get bank statements. There's other technologies out there. But you know, when, when you have them on the phone, I know from talking to the reps over at Fannie Mae, mm -hmm. your previous employer, they would say they do it the best because they do it with the borrower on the phone on the first phone call. Yeah. Like that's how Fannie Mae was talking about your previous employer at national conferences to companies like ours where we're like, gosh, we can't get adoption. We can't get our borrowers and our loan officers and our processors. And they're like, well, the people who do it really well tend to be call center. They tend to already have the person on, on the phone and they don't let them off the phone until they've walked them through the steps and the processes to give us access to order their income it's and their asset significant buy-in. Yeah. It's a significant buy-in when you get someone to do that on that first phone call. And then it's it's not I don't I personally don't think it's a difficult process to do that. But borrowers who have their lives going on, they got kids' soccer to get to, they got all these different things, they're not gonna wanna upload documents for someone else when I just did that for Kyle. Yeah. So it's it's I call it speed to close. Well um, that's that I don't don't understand on purpose. That's a fantastic sales nugget. Like you want someone bought into you, yeah. get their documents because yeah. they don't want to do it again. They don't, and that, that, that applies for all loan officers, regardless of if it's a refire purchase, a call center or self-sourced, he or she who is the first to pull credit and, and access income and in, 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 in asset docs, you already have asked that person to jump over at least one, one hurdle, hurdle and yeah. through one hoop, do they really want to go do it again? Or do they want to like, like you said, get to soccer? Um, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to this number, like 300 phone calls and you mm. closed, closed well over a hundred transactions. What were your hours like? My, my hours would not be indicative of what the typical person would be I, okay. on that specialty team. I had a pretty taskmastery type of, of leadership structure. How about before what in the very beginning? At the very beginning, the very uh, beginning, very beginning, when I was, st this is partially my motivation because yeah. I, I like to be an expert at everything that I do and I push myself. Um, so my hours were usually probably seven thirty in the office just to get ready for the phones to turn on at eight, and then I would be out by six thirty seven at night usually. Ten hour days. Yeah, and that like was five days a week plus Saturday. Uh, two Saturdays a month. Two Saturdays a month, full day, full Saturdays, or just four hours? Uh, four hours. Mandatory or by choice? Uh, mandatory. Sundays are greatly encouraged. Okay. So. Wow. Um, 
Did they pay you per lock, per funded loan, per application? Uh, what, what, what's a typical, and don't tell me what your comp was, what's a typical comp package like for someone who is going to go work in that so It's going to be model? a little bit, uh, technically it's different refi versus purchase okay. because it is based on getting something into process. Mm-hmm. So on refi, I can get you into process the first day I meet you. As long as I get those documents back, I can get you submitted, um, preferably locked. But on purchase, you know, you got to nurture that relationship just like any other purchase mm-hmm. agent. So it's it's a little bit more of a lift naturally. Um, but it's uh, typically going to be paid per file that is sent into process. Sent into so, process. So are you graded on your pull yes. through and, and like how many actually close? Yes. You are. Okay. Under 85%, you can start getting dinged. Okay. So they need you scrubbing the file, knowing what to look for. Absolutely. Not turning in garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage in, garbage out. So you don't want to turn in garbage. Correct. Uh, you don't want loans getting denied. That's a, that's still a bad thing. Because that's going to ding you. Okay. And then you can get put on letter. Obviously, you can get put on a PIP if you're yep. continually not, if your pull-through is poor. Production improvement plan, by the way, yeah. for my non-HR <laughs> people. Uh, that is what a PIP is. There you go. Sorry. Um, but, uh, okay. that's It's interesting. But the hours is good to know. It's it's 10 hours. Uh, it's 10-hour yeah. days. And yeah. that's pretty standard? I would say. Yeah. Um, gratefully, fortunately, where I am now, nothing like that. Okay. Yeah. It, my experience like nothing once, like that mandated? Is it afforded or is it, no, we need you only working 40 hours a week because we don't want to be paying you overtime. No. And we want you to have good work-life balance. I, I always describe it when I talk to people who ask why I am where I am now, um, was the experience previous trying to leave at 9 o'clock at night and being asked why I'm leaving. You slacker. And saying, oh, part-time, part-time, huh? You, you part-timer? Like, dude, I wrote three loans today. Yeah. Well, where's your fourth? Oh, okay. That's, that's what it was before, yeah. right? Um, now, if I'm at my desk past 6 o'clock, my, my sales manager's yelling at me. Yeah. It's like, dude, go home, see your family. Yeah. Right? And so it's, it's a much better culture and a and much better lifestyle. Are most inbound or even outbound, because you started outbound, mm-hmm. but it, what I would call, I call it consumer direct. To me, yeah. it's a consumer direct. Uh, some people call it call center, but I like consumer direct. It sounds better. Workstation over cubicle sounds better. Uh, Vaseline over petroleum <laughs> jelly. Just who wants to put same pet- thing? Who wants to put oil jelly? Not me. Anywhere on their body? Not me. Yeah, but I'll put Vaseline on oh, it. Yeah. Wherever wherever it goes. Um, but when it, is it mostly from a comp standpoint, hourly or salary plus a profile bonus? Or are I you think, paid on volume, paid on units? Because you're not paid on closings. Like in my world, I'm paid on closings. Right. And I'm paid on volume. Usually I'm paid on volume and I'm paid on, on closing. So it doesn't matter how many apps, how many locks, how many disclosed loans. None of that matters. What matters to my manager is what was your volume? And then obviously they, they want to know product mix. They want to know pricing shortages. You know, yeah. like... You know, hey, if, if you're constantly giving a discount in order to bring loan, loans in the bit, in the door, we appreciate your volume, but it's all not profitable. Right. Right. So, like, my managers want to make sure that not only do we have volume, but it's it's priced competitive, but also profitable. Right. And they love they love product mix because I know that certain products bring different revenue to mortgage companies. Mm-hmm. Right. So you may make less money on a brokered loan to Advantial, but more money on a VA loan that you fund yourself. Right. Um, so like your matrix, when you're in the, the consumer direct call center, um, back on the comp, 
what is there a base salary typically? I think what what it comes down to is is, is, a, is a question of scale. Because it depends on the size and the market and all of those different features, whereas some of them might be a base salary and some of them might say it's a base salary and it might end up being a draw. It depends, okay. right? Um, so there's no like standard across the board? No. Okay. And uh, subsequent to that, I don't want to get into too many specifics yes. about, obviously with, with NAF, but but subsequent to that is is then the the funding side of it, right? So you'll have your base salary, and then depending on where you are, there there will be bips attached to the closings. Okay. Um, not at the previous place. Not the previous. Not place. the previous place. That's just a per file. Like, hey, here's your target for the month. Okay. You hit goal. That's your bonus. Okay. And then it prorates both directions. Gotcha. So so if you if, exceed a certain amount of your goal. So I may be able to slide in, they're like, hey, we're going to pay you 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And you get $500 if you submit 10 loans. You get $750 bonus if you submit 15 loans. Mm -hmm. And you get a $1,000 bonus if you submit 20 loans. Mm -hmm. And if I did the math, I'm like, okay, at 20 bucks an hour, it's $42,000 a year. Plus, I can make, extra, make an extra $1,000 a month. Okay, so I'm making $55,000 a year. Like, what are the, and the numbers, obviously, it could have been... $3,000 if you submitted right. 10 and 5,000 if you submitted 15 and 10,000 if you submitted 20. That is that but, is an accurate depiction of, of what the call center typically would look like. Yeah. Okay. But there was a way for someone to go in there and make a hundred to $150,000 a year yeah. doing mortgages for a living. Absolutely. Like that, that was very possible. And, and I'm there, not, there are a lot of call centers that are going to be more structured. I guess what, what a typical self-gen person would be used to seeing where you will have that base but then you will also have your funding your bips and then in addition to that you could have bonus tiers okay so for um, doing more volume more units yeah. yeah yeah however many closings you have a month we'll put you into a specific tier and then that will be on top of your yeah like, like i think of um bank loan officers mm. and i think of um builder loan officers yeah. like a builder loan officer may very well do 50 60 million and they'll make 140 grand, which is phenomenal income. But my friends in the Everett Guild Mortgage or Cross Country Mortgage, if they did, you know, 40 or 50 million, they made four or 500 grand. Yeah. And the difference is, well, they did 40, 50 million and it was self-sourced. The builder's loan officer, they were capturing and closing the yeah. business from the people who were coming into the sales center to, to buy in the new community. Yeah. Um, so I, when I'm coaching younger professionals i'm like look there's like we talked about either last episode or this episode the journey there's never a bad place to start right and you can make a substantial living like when i think of 115 or one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars a year that's more than cops teachers principals firefighters um most engineers we're talking to almost every nurse like it's a hell of an income and especially if you if it's a job that you're able to do closer to nine to five Monday through Friday. Yeah. Now, car salespeople, mm. phenomenal income opportunities. Those hours are terrible. Those hours are yeah. terrible. That's why a lot of car people are finding their way into the mortgage industry, like especially the the top producers. It's one of the things that I um actually I uh, like that you mentioned that because we talked briefly off air about my father also being in sales, mm -hmm. completely different industry, but he does insurance. Okay. And so to very non-tangible sales things 
or a car salesman can show you the leather seats. They can show yeah. you the wonderful dash. They can you can feel the steering wheel, and and we have to sell an image of the future for for our borrowers. And so it's just one of those things that I think is really important to to key in on as well, especially when all you have is a headset connection. Like they don't get to meet me when I'm working in a call center. I I have to really sell them on on who I am as a person and on why working with me is going to be better than working with someone down the street. So. What do you like best about being a loan officer? Because now, for those that maybe missed the first episode, at this point, Kyle trains loan officers, yeah. right? Or want to be loan officers. People are getting to start in the mortgage industry. Um, you were able to enter. You obviously kicked ass. You took names. You, you cranked out a ton of loans. You worked a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, became good, right? We know you became good because you were promoted if, if, there, if anyone's ever going to be on the client retention team, just know you're good. <laughs> just know that person is good because someone recognized that I need my best talking to the most upset people. Yeah. Um, so like that already, it didn't shock me, but I was like, oh, yeah, this dude was good. That to me is, is clout. But when you, when you go back and you compare what you do now, which I'm sure is fulfilling in many ways because you're shaping the future of the mortgage industry. Yeah. But you were help, when you're helping borrowers, what do you miss about that? I'm a people person. Okay. I love, like, a lot of people think of putting on a headset and dialing 300 times a day as this horrible mountain. I look at it, I'm like, that's 300 opportunities to meet someone. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just a glutton for punishment, but but I do miss, like, just meeting people and getting to learn about their life experiences. Um, that's the thing that I would say I miss the most. How many, of the 300 calls a day, how many people are, like, outright rude to you? Um, well, like of the 300 calls, I'd say probably only 25 to 30% picked up the phone. Okay. So of those people, just outright rude, just kick me straight in the teeth. Mm -hmm. Half of them. That many? Yeah. My wife, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm never mean to people, but I do. I'm a jokester, right? Yeah. I like to have fun. And if you're going to be willing to call me at 7 p.m. at my house and I don't know who you are and why you're calling... I sometimes like to have fun. Yeah. Some people appreciate it and they have fun back with me. Some people, you know, don't like it and they hang up right away. And usually it's the person in Nigeria who's trying to uh, tell me <laughs> that I just won some jackpot or my uncle left me a bunch of money. Yeah. But my wife, and, and she's my rock, and she's every reason why I'm still alive at 43 years of age and I'm of somewhat success. Because um, without her, I would have been totally off the rails several times. And there's no way I would have survived every time I went off the rails. But she'll remind me, she's like, honey... That person's just trying to do their job. They're just trying to do their job. I'm like, they're trying to sell me something. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious. So like, I can go back and tell her at dinner tonight. I'm like, hey, by the way, my friend Kyle says half the people are like me. The other <laughs> half are like you. Um, well, the way I like looking at it, and I don't, I, I think I got this quote from Ted Lasso. Um, but love I love that show, I, by the way. I ask all my trainees now. I say like, what is the what is the happiest animal on the planet? And they all just, they're like, a puppy. And they throw out all these other answers. I'm like, no, it's a goldfish. <laughs> Ten-second memory. Yeah. Because I can get kicked in the teeth a hundred times a day, and that doesn't affect me at all. I'm just, just that person's having a worse day than I am. Click, dial the next one. What what did you find to be difficult about the mortgage industry that you you just didn't? Or about being a, a loan originator working in a call center doing direct-to-consumer, what, what, what did you find, like, like, what could you have wished you could have paid someone to do for you? Because you just didn't like that part of the job. I'm a bleeding heart. I don't like giving people bad news. Okay. And there's a lot of times I've had to, especially on the refinance side, people are in tough spots. 
and I don't like having to be the one who tells them, no, there's no way out. I once had a very successful title rep mm. try to transition into the mortgage industry, and we loved hiring him because every realtor in Central Florida loves this dude. Yeah, He came in and crushed it in terms of bringing in business and closing loans. He hated every minute of it. And I remember sitting down with him, his name was Michael, shout out to Michael. I said, what, what, what gives? It was bothering him, like tears welling up, bothering him. He's like, I can't tell people now. I'm like, well, Michael, they have a 520 credit score, like, or, you know, their DTI is 75. Like you, you had, he's like, and I realized that in the title industry, he didn't, he never had to tell people no. All he had to do was take care of his people. Right. Michael loves taking care of people. So he thought he wanted to have the title business. Luckily for him, we gave him an opportunity to become successful in the mortgage. After six months, he said, the nope. money is, is great. The people are amazing that I work with, but I do not like telling people no. Um, I thought you were going to maybe answer my question with something along the from a technical perspective. Mm. Like, ooh, yeah, you know what? I suck at math, and I realize that this takes a lot of math. Or I don't like to problem solve. And I realize that my job as a mortgage loan originator is to put together a puzzle, and people are messy. So now <laughs> I'm putting together a puzzle. I'm putting together like a 10,000 piece puzzle and they've blacked out and redacted some of the pieces and yeah yeah but none of that bothered you uh no were were you as and i don't know this so as a call center loan originator are you involved like how detailed are you getting in your pre-approvals and scrubbing the file before you you push it on like are you a on average not maybe necessarily you kyle johnson but are you are, are you a seven out of ten like hey we're seven out of 10, but there's definitely things we miss or no, we're trained to think like underwriters and, and we better turn in a file that's ironclad. Again, I'm going to say that's going to be company specific Okay. because previously definitely not a seven out of 10, but, but now, um, I, I am clean, closable loans is my motto now, especially for all my trainees. Everything needs to be buttoned up and I want that to slide immediately through processing and not give anybody a yeah. headache. So as a trainer, you all are I-dotting, T-crossing. Yes. You have data integrity. You're verifying income. You're verifying assets. And you're looking for pit hole, for, for potholes. Yeah. Pitfalls. Pitfalls and potholes. Our, I get those our, confused. Our PAs will, will handle most of the verifications. Okay. But I make sure that like every single one of my loan officers understand that that's, that's still within my purview, right? Like the borrower knows you and has communicated with you. So you're CC'd on all these communications. You better be reaching out and making sure that they understand what's going on, why it's being asked, and be on top of it. Even though someone else is handling it, you still need to be quarterbacking it. Yeah, so we know where you work now, and we've alluded to where you worked previously. <laughs> but like, I'll throw this out there just for comparison purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a dot-comer out there. Don't know if they're best, better, or average, but um, they're out there. Yeah. And uh, they keep on making the news for layoffs, though. Like, really ugly, yeah. ugly layoffs. I mean, layoffs are layoffs, and they happen. Yeah. But man, this this poor company. Whew. But anyhow, I actually have 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 many listeners who tune in from there. Yeah. So I've become friends with people who tune into the show, and I just natural uh, um, curiosity. And the person I talked to who worked at that organization, he shared with me he was paid on locks. Okay. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, I get my salary plus I get paid to lock a loan in. And I'm like, but what if it doesn't qualify? Like, it was just, it just baffled me in my world because I only get paid when a loan closes. Well, it reminds me of a running joke that I have with my, some of my trainers. It's like, um, what do I have if I've got a locked loan with no documents? Not a loan yeah. <laughs> is the punchline. So like that just, yeah, exactly. That, that just getting paid on locks yeah. to but, me could foster bad behavior. But the, 
Yes. And not only that, but it's detrimental for the consumers, detrimental for the real estate community, especially from the purchase side of things. Yeah. And I would guess in, in, in a call center uh, um, platform, mm-hmm. do you tend to start newer people out on refis and then shift them mm. to purchase once they've established themselves? Or like, how do you differentiate who's refi, who's purchase? It's going to be market specific, what, what market demand is. Okay. Um, right now, obviously, there's not a great clamoring for refinances. So pretty much everybody's going through the purchase side. And I always say that just means you're cross-trained. Yes. So No, 100%. Like, I always think if I ran a call center mortgage company, for me, my strongest players would be on the purchase side. And then my newer players, those are still working on strengthening their skill set, I could go on refi because you can't really screw up a refi. I mean, 99 times out of 100, if I had to deny a refi, someone's not homeless. Someone's not out five or ten thousand dollars. You know, I'm not impacting a seller or a realtor from getting their commission. Correct. Uh, but if I start screwing up purchases Purchase. that have contractual closing dates and these large escrow deposits, at that point, I, I can't have my newer people who are still cutting their teeth. It's not um, even not even missing a closing or just pushing it back even a couple of days when you got somebody who's got their entire life on a on a moving truck and living out of a hotel and they needed all that money to cover their closing, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough to, to make those mistakes on the purchase side. How many months did it take you to start feeling comfortable with being a loan officer? I think not that many. And I think it's because, and I, we, I've told you my story offline about the being an umpire and seeing pitches, Yes. which I might, maybe if we've got time I can yeah. share, but, but getting as many at bats as I had up front, was was incredibly beneficial to me becoming the loan officer that I am. And I think that's a huge takeaway for people who've tuned in this long. Yeah. It is about at bats. Yeah. It is Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hour rule. I mean right. it is you you just have to get out there and swing. Exactly. You have to get you have to just step on stage and deliver. And, I even, and, uh, and get ahead. better. No, it's it's because your answer I'm answering it would you probably ninety one days. Because within ninety one days you had already you already apt and disclosed well over 70, 80 files. Mm-hmm. It was, we have a loan partner in our office who within a year had way more experience in loan officers who had, who had worked for us for three years. Right. Why did a loan partner who is basically a junior loan officer have more experience? A, I'll give Cam all the kudos in the world. She has a very high aptitude and a great attitude. Mm-hmm. But she worked for one of our top producing loan officers. They closed 15, 20 loans a month. Yeah. So that means she was assisting 60 pre-approvals and 20 apps and 20 closings. Right. So her first year, she got to assist on 200 closings. A loan officer, even if they're good and they're closing four or five self-sourced deals a month, when they're three years in the industry, they've only done 75. Right. She did double that in her in first, first year. year. Yeah. yeah, so for you, you got good quick because you put yourself in a situation that allows yeah. you to get a lot of at-bats. Yeah, there's a, um, oh gosh, I'm gonna kill myself for not remembering the the, the name of the, the guy who does this TED talk, but he talks about growth rings and the, the, the rings of discomfort and mm-hmm. how discomfort is what makes you grow. And there's only a couple complexity triggers that you can have that will push you. And one of them is that, that self trigger put yourself into discomfort and complexity to force yourself to grow. And that was the only option that I had was to jump right in and make 300 dials a day. When people don't make it as a call center LO, mm-hmm. what are the one or two major themes that you, you've recognized? Like, yep, 
they're not going to make it. Or when they left in their exit interview, they're like, I didn't like X, Y, or Z. What part of it did they say, this is not for me? I think um, there's no getting around the fact that a lot of excuses. Um, I didn't do this because. I didn't do that because. And typically, to me, it just comes down to talk time. My phone was off because I had to do this. My phone was off because I had to do that. If you can't just keep your phone on and talk to people, you're not going to get the at-bats that you need to get be successful in a, in a call center. So, or consumer direct, we've decided. Consumer direct, we're calling it, yeah. yes. Uh, direct to consumer, consumer direct, all one and the all same. Of, yeah. Tomato, tomato, Vaseline, petroleum, jelly. Exactly. Um, final, final parting shots, advice. Someone's listened this far, and they're like, yep. I want to do it, mm-hmm. right? And, and 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 honestly, I don't care if you call Better.com, and I don't care if you call Rocket or if you call – you call yourself NAF. I love New American Funding. I do too. It's, I it's love probably that just name. internal nomenclature. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. New yeah. American Funding. Yeah, NAF, New American um, – yeah. and I guess because there's slang, and a NAF is a non-athletic <laughs> – Okay, there we go. And so when I That's hear why NAF, you hear it, you're, okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I think of being bullied in high school and someone calling me a NAF. Got it. Yeah, so I, I like New American forever Funding. Forever and always, it will be New American Funding. Yeah, there AF, there we go. Always and forever. Yeah. Yeah, I love you, AF. <laughs> always and forever. There we go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, New American. But, but you know, um, I think Lone Depot has them. I think there's, there's like six to ten solid-ish. Some are better than others. That's life. Yep. Right, can't all be haves. The world has to be haves and have nots. Yep. We can't all be great. If we all were great, then we wouldn't have average. Exactly. Great would be average. So, um, but you know, starting as a consumer direct loan officer is a great start. It's a great career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 both. But what advice would you have for someone who's listened this far? Like, I want to follow in that dude's path. Mm-hmm. What 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 are the words of wisdom? You have like thirty seconds. You're like, hey, all right, kid, you, you're gonna follow my path. You need to, I mean, I just heard you don't make excuses and get lots of talk time. Mm-hmm. Anything besides that? Yeah, I think part of it is is understanding that that it is a tool to get what you need. And so the people who are truly successful, who do position themselves to be be happy in life, are the ones who understand that this is an incredible opportunity to increase their sphere of influence. And if you're able to take on leads from a call center, and then build out your referral network by doing it, that's going to help set you apart and then put you more in the driver's seat. And you don't even necessarily need to leave companies. You could stay within whatever consumer direct company that you're in and just build that referral network out and and be in control of your own destiny. Oh, I love that. Use the phones so that you never have to have to rely on them or yeah. use them again. Yeah. Right. Use use the phones for as long as you need to. Um, you don't necessarily have to change companies, especially if you find a company you love. Like yeah. it sounds like you found a company that you love. Yeah. Um, but you can use this to get your at bats, to gain your experience, um, and then build out your referral network, yeah. especially if you do a really good job, and then from there move on. Yeah. That's fantastic. Appreciate that. So he's Kyle Johnson. He is with New American Funding. You can find him on LinkedIn. It's yep. the best way to look for the one and only Kyle Johnson, who actually also works at New American Funding. I'm Dustin Owen. The easiest way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. But I have to tell you, I had this producer extraordinaire. His name is John Coleman, and he forces me <laughs> to be on Facebook, to be on LinkedIn, to be on Instagram, and even on TikTok. We are at The Loan Officer Podcast. Our YouTube channel is The Loan Officer Podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can listen to audio. 
we're there as well. And we have this really cool website that John Coleman and our friend Dennis Miller developed back in January of this year. It's called theloanofficerpodcast.com or affectionately tloponline.com. We encourage you to please check it out because it is loaded with additional content, training materials, links to uh, programs, products, and guides, and also links to industry news. Kyle, thank you so much. I'll let you get back to Disney, get back to your family. (laughs) We appreciate you. appreciate you being a friend of the show. But that's all the time we have for them today. But we're going to catch them on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.